Race matters. 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 to acknowledge that we are broadcasting on unceded Gadigal land. This land has been in the hands of generations of Gadigal custodians for thousands of years before us and it will continue to be in their hands long after us. It's a meeting place for sharing knowledge, stories and song and we are privileged to be part of that storytelling today and every day at FBI Radio. I pay my respects to Gadigal elders past and present. We're broadcasting from Redfern right now, the birthplace of black theatre in this country and a site for resistance and resilience for First Nations peoples. You're listening to Race Matters. This is a show made by people of colour speaking with people of colour about the ways we understand and value our racial identities. I'm Sharika Halaludin. And today on the show, we're really excited to be bringing you the second episode of a series by Binta Yard, exploring conversations across Black diasporic experiences here and in the UK. Today, you're going to hear from Black creatives who have established music careers, not only in spite of the racial injustices that proliferate in the industry, but unapologetically find ways to express and redefine their cultural outputs. Grime, hip-hop and spoken word artist Koji Radical, R&B and garage-influenced songstress Chanel Loren and genre-defying local artist Blessed all shared their experiences to weave together what it is to perceive and create amid the differences between music industries in Australia and the UK. We'll hear them speak about the way that blackness has been received, the way it's been incorporated, and maybe the challenges it poses to the industry. Most importantly, they're all speaking by and for each other on their own terms. Two of the interviews you're about to hear were recorded on Indigenous land, so I just wanted to acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation as the traditional custodians of the land and pay my respects to all elders past, present and future. They throw shade on my name, I'm black, gold and I'm grey. They try silence our pain, but we talking! Yeah. I know I'm not alone in saying that music plays a very central role in my life. It's rare, personally, that I go more than a few hours without listening to it. And now in the age of streaming and bedroom production and the huge rise in independent artists, we're able to consume so much more music than ever before, so much faster than ever before. And this is really great, but it also creates a need for us to take a minute and appreciate the work that goes into the artistry we're consuming especially when looking at black artists. I think we can all recognize that the process of music creation for many black artists isn't just about the music. It's about self-discovery, it's about community, and it's about storytelling. Throughout this episode, you're gonna hear about manifesting creativity and creating meaningful art from three artists who are bodying their lanes right now. Koji Radical, Chanel Loren, and Blessed. 
Now, I just want to preface this episode by saying that the artists I chose to interview are three artists that I think are paving the way in their respective areas of music in the UK and in Australia. But by no means are these the only people I think deserve to be interviewed. I'm just working within a time limit, so you get it. But specifically, shout out to my people here and back home in Sydney who are all doing their thing. Keep with it. You're doing great. Need no introductions. They know who we are. Big black man from Ghana, step forward like I'm in Kruma. Blackness is quite literally a pillar of music, not just today, but every day. Almost all genres of music today have roots in blackness. The first pioneers of almost all genres of music today were from the African diaspora. Now I say almost because there's always one person trying to argue, yeah, but black people didn't make classical music. That may be true, but respectfully, you can keep it because rock and roll, we did that. Disco, we did that. Country music, we even did country music. And in any and every genre, I guarantee you that a black man, woman, person has significantly influenced the course of that genre. Someone who's really understood that music exists beyond borders is London-based rapper Koji Radical, who's collabed with artists from all over, the likes of Masego, B-Wise, Amoray, the list goes on. His music is difficult to place in any one box, and I think, creatively speaking, he's carving out his own lane. Honestly, Koji makes it look easy, and maybe for him it is, but coming up in a talented city like London is a whole different bag. It's busy, it's noisy, and everyone's chasing a dream. So how does Koji make space for his creativity to flourish? Uh, uh. I don't think... um... I intentionally make space for my creativity because I feel like creativity is just it's just me it's what I do so for me it's it's the action of it's it's the equivalent of thinking or breathing or walking you know I think in the midst of chaos or disarray I think um, my creativity becomes a direct response you know I think um it allows me to answer or make sense of in a way that I wouldn't be able to articulate with just words. And I think with that, everything that now comes as a result of that is a reflection of what I might have been thinking or what I might have been feeling at the time. But I don't think I have to make space for it. I think, um, if anything, I try and make less space for it. (laughs) Yeah. And so even though your creative process is pretty like hands off or kind of more natural, do you find source of inspiration or motivation from your blackness? I think I am grateful for all the expressions of art and joy that have come from blackness. And I think to some degree, without it becoming a burden, my responsibility as an artist or creative in the now is to continue that pool and that well of inspiration that has come from black art. And I think um, in many ways we are, we we exist in a, in a postmodern world, you know, everything's been done before, but I think tracing things back to the source and understanding that some of the some of the genres, some of the art forms, some of the practices that I I love the most um, originate within blackness. There's a sense of empowerment in that, you know, knowing that it's innate, knowing that it's borderline ancestral, 
and within the now, our job is to just carry it on. I think um, there's a lot of weight, you know, in general that comes with blackness. And um, a lot of it comes with this, this need to represent for. Mm. But you have to understand that it is everything you are. You can only represent yourself. And in turn, it represents blackness, you know. I think if you make that your first priority, you're trying to cater to too many audiences that in some way are still trying to shape their own perspective on what and how they understand their blackness because it's become far deeper than just skin, you know. Mm. I think to some degree people even consider blackness a geographical or cultural thing, which I would argue, I would argue, but people feel it in different ways because black culture has become so so much of what pop culture is. Do you know what I mean? So just in everyday quips and responses and gestures and, and facial expressions, all of these things, you know, are just examples of how much blackness has influenced popular culture. Mm. And so in saying that, do you feel like being a black artist, emphasis on black in the UK music scene has held you back? Has it pushed you forward or has it had no effect at all on your career? I think um, it's hard to say my blackness has had an effect on my career because music, for me anyway, it's music. It's music and art and that is that exists everywhere in the world. So it's allowed me to, to go to so many different places and experience so many things. I think the only hindrances come from understanding and recognising where you are in the world, you know. Uh, England is predominantly an English white country. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So as much as black culture has influenced and taken a hold of popular culture, it's still being introduced to audiences that would have no real life examples or sense of familiarity day to day. So as much as the experiences that I might be writing or talking about are relatable, not a lot of people have examples of that in their day-to-day -day life, which would create a separation on how much they connect with the music as much as they enjoy it. Um, but at the same time, it's like, you kind of have to look past that, you know? If if in an ideal world, we'd all just go back to Africa, just, just, <laughs> and, just and just put all the wealth and, and knowledge and creativity there. And, um, and some would be like, oh, why don't you? But I mean, at the end of the day, home is wherever you lay your hat. And, um, and, and for many of us, we were, we were born outside of that, you know. So even going back to Africa is part of the personal journey and discovery that is, to some degree, either an instantaneous like, okay, yes, I'm back. Or it's a laboured process that, that takes a lot of shedding and understanding cultural stigmas you know yeah. that were implanted early and are hard to shake I remember when I was a kid um the idea of going to Ghana was always a little bit scary for me and I, I never understood why until I realized that the way it was portrayed here was very specific you know to to leave a picture of what Africa is in your mind so when you go there it's so different to what you expect it's either wanderlust or fear and for, for I was a child you know so as an adult when I went there it was the opposite I instantly felt at home 
you know, but that mm. took years and years and years of a process. So it's all well and good going, oh yeah, why don't we all just go back? But it's like, going even going back is a process and nothing should really stop you where you are, you know. But then at the same time, we don't do this to stand still. We We do this so we can afford a life that allows us to create everywhere in the world and travel everywhere in the world and do everything. So being stuck in your surroundings and using your surroundings as the like, oh, that's why this isn't happening. That's why that isn't happening. Mm. That's not why you do it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you do it so you can go where it is happening and you just start where you start. Mm. So that then deals with, I guess, how an individual would navigate the music industry as a black artist. But do you think on the flip side that the way that the UK music industry perceives and engages with its black artists is problematic? I think there are definitely issues to do with um, colorism mm. within the music industry that would probably be, for me, the starting point on what the issues are. Would I say the issues specifically to do with blackness? I would say yes and no. I think to some degree, we've always recognized that the industry especially the industry of like hip hop, R&B, soul, genres that are considered to be black genres um, have always provided great quality music, you know, mm-hmm. um, groundbreaking music. But I think um, the, the, the sense of ownership came much later. So within that, we was consistently trying to fit in to worlds that are going to make you feel othered because they don't get it you know and um and and we go through these these fights to be accepted in in other worlds when a lot more energy could be spent uplifting and building within our own genres and and industries and businesses etc etc um like for example um virgil has a cv longer than anyone's arm and leg you know (laughs) in terms of the achievements he managed to make in fashion while he was alive god rest his soul and um at the grammys he's a hip-hop fashion designer you know and it's, it's because that's their world. And as much as we would love them to see exactly what everything's going on and the intricacies and how detailed and how great all this is, to some degree, they're going to see it as the hip-hop fashion designer, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, and that speaks for itself. Um, there's so much of the effort that goes into trying to be accepted instead of building what, what we could have that that's always a bit confusing to me. I think that's what I would say the issue is. I never like saying anything is overtly this or overtly that because I think it's it's more complicated than yeah. that. I think um, a lot of it, though, does come down to ownership, you know, because even if, if there was more ownership in the music, we'd have more ownership in the way it's portrayed um, and, and less acceptance for things that are just kind of bullshit, you know. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's like, it's existed for so long that when something becomes the norm, 
like that's that's the normal gold standard it takes even longer for the other thing to be recognized mm. so like for example over here we have the mobos the mobos is a music of black origin um and that's what the the award ceremony is is meant to celebrate and um and in a lot of conversation people will dismiss it mm. i'll be like oh it's just a mobo it's just yeah. that but it's like no why is that just a mobo and the brit is the brit mm, exactly. do you see what i'm saying like what's the difference apart from the amount of consideration that we put into it and, and how important we feel it is and i think um i think the balance needs to shift to some degree mm. And so do you still feel othered in some of the spaces that you navigate? Or do you feel like you've cultivated a space for yourself in the music industry where, you know, you're surrounded by your peers and you don't really have to interact with anyone who would do the othering anyway? I, I know where I'm going to get othered because mm. I'm over there already. <laughs> I went there and it was just me. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like, what do I expect? I walked into the room and it was just me. It was just me and it was just us. So I knew from the jump, okay, cool, like, that's what it's going to be. Yeah, this isn't my spaces. It doesn't mean that I can't exist in these spaces. I just know what comes with these spaces. And and it's important for me to know. It's important for me to understand and and recognise. So that way I don't internalise everything because that's like the opposite of of progression, (laughs) you know, (laughs) is allowing... Being in spaces that I, I was already the other to allow me to feel other to the point where I feel muted to the point where I don't do anything. Mm. It's like what? Allow it. Like <laughs> they wanted me over there because I was lit over here. So when I'm done over there, I come back over here and I still be lit. And and that's the thing. It's like it's like school in it. It's like sitting at that cool table. It's like they want to sit over at the cool table. They want to come over to the side of the playground, but it's easier to get one or two kids to come over to their side of the playground mm. than it is for all of them to walk over here. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, and once you understand that, it's like, go where the love is. Don't, don't force yourself into spaces that are going to make you feel less than you are because you're wasting your own time, mm. you know? And, um, and, and to some degree, you've got to make all your achievements what they're worth and what they mean important to you because somebody's gonna find someone somewhere is gonna find a way to dismiss them i am koji radical a music artist contemporary artist creative director from from england from london east london uh, born and raised in hoxton and i've been working in in the art since i can remember you know i think um Art has always been a part of me. Music's always been a part of me. And fortunately, I've been able to make it a career and and carry thought forth with that. Um, released a, a series of EPs that culminated to a debut album called Reason to Smile, which is out now. And um, yeah, enjoying life.
They still don't love me, I like it. Where to manga, I read that clearly. This ain't no red or the blue pill thing, cause the agents can't get near me. My God got power steering. If he spin that wheel, I'll clear it. Focus now, I'm fearless. Don't try me, try Jesus, serious. Who wants smoke? I'm curious. Hmm. Try, but they can't get rid of us, no. This one here ain't essential, dog. If I do my dirt, I could burn my clothes. They don't wanna flex in a rental, dog. Open doors, now I own my home. Still don't know why they hate so much. If they took some time, they can learn these flows. Taking everything Koji just said, I wanted to hear from someone who stepped foot in both the UK and Australian music industries. Chanel Laurent is that person. She's a rising R&B artist based in Sydney and born and raised in South London. Chanel's in a rare position where she can speak on the differences between the music industry in Australia and in the UK and the way that blackness has been received, the way it's incorporated and maybe the challenges that it poses to the industry. What I wanted to know most was how the music scene in Sydney compares to London and the challenges that come from this for black artists. Oh, there's definitely a difference. Growing up in the UK, there was, you know, years of culture or years of seeing representation. Um, I grew up and I would I would see a dark skinned person, even if she's the only dark skinned one there, but like I saw a bit of representation. Whereas in Australia, we are the representation, which can be a bit scary because it's like, it's too much pressure when all you want to do is just create. But I think the representation is needed. I think the issue with Australia is culture is still brewing. It's like we are where the UK were maybe 50 years ago. So it's like we need to be a bit lenient with the black artists in Australia because other countries have had space and time to grow and figure out their culture. So I think that's the thing. We just need to be in our own world, figure out who we are, what we like, and music will sometimes, well, it will not sometimes, it will grow with it. But yeah, I just wish that there was more community and like there was more space for representation from all diasporas and all genres and all sounds and voices. I think that's what sometimes makes Australia stagnant in growth. It's baby steps, yeah. it's baby steps. Um, so I know your journey like so far in the music industry is relatively fresh, but reflecting on your journey so far, do you think that being black has presented itself at all as um, an obstacle or something that has become a bit more part of your identity than you maybe would have had? I wouldn't say obstacle. Because I feel like there would have been the same obstacle in the UK too. Maybe I think in the UK, there's a lot of other, you know, singers that look like me, that sound like me. So that would have been an obstacle. I think for me, the disadvantage is there's no representation. So sometimes it's just a bit hard navigating through spaces as a black creative and realizing that you have to like show up and be you, but like know that you probably might get ridiculed more than the others because you know you're the only one there I haven't had that experience yet but that's what I'm preparing myself for I just know that it's inevitable but I do know that other artists have struggled with their blackness or feeling like they had to overcompensate because no one wasn't you know believing in them or pushing them because of their blackness so yeah my story is a bit different so obviously there's there's a huge black influence in the UK music scene. Everything has a huge 
African diasporic influence in it. How have you kind of pulled from that influence into your music that you're making now in Australia? I think it was inevitable. My song playlist is like a garage mix with different genres, but that wasn't my like goal. I didn't say I want to make a garage track. It was like producers kept on sending me garage beats because I'm from the UK, but this one actually stuck out the most and it just happened. I think it was like homage to like my childhood and like growing up and hearing music like that. I'm just British, like I feel like that's who I am even if some days I don't feel like I am because I live in Australia, but if I'm true to who I am as a person, then my music will always reflect my, you know, influences and my upbringing and like my Caribbean culture and my British upbringing, you know, it's just, that's how it is. Um, yeah, I just think it's a part of me. I feel like if you just stay true to yourself and know yourself, then <laughs> it will just naturally happen like that. But I'm glad I did, you know, my first single was a garage track because it just kind of showcased who I am as a person. And I think because there's so many genres within, you know, the UK, my music is very versatile. And I think that's my biggest influence with growing up in the UK is creating music from different cultures and experiences because that's what I was surrounded by. I made you this playlist, but you probably never hear it. You never want to talk about your feelings, don't exist, man's on exhibit. I never want to talk about. So, hey, my name is Chanel Loren. I'm a singer songwriter from the UK, but I live in Sydney. I've been making music most of my life and i have a second single coming out at the end of this month and yeah my socials is i am chanel loren on all platforms i think so i am chanel loren <laughs> because i'm not on your playlist baby you have changed your playlist lately The main obstacle right now for black artists in Australia isn't a lack of talent by any means. There's a clear reluctance from the industry and maybe even from the general public to take these artists in and give them their flowers. Our final guest is someone that I think is very well placed to read the Australian music scene for what it is. He's been in the game for nearly a decade and has come up in an intensely commercial music industry, not just as a genre-defying artist, but as a dark-skinned African genre-defying artist. Blessed is a Ghanaian-born artist and producer raised in Sydney. Every article you read about him will have him down as a different type of artist, whether it's rock, hip-hop, alternative. Whatever you want to label him, he represents a new generation of sonically gifted artists who I think in a few years will be dominating the Australian landscape. Blessed music speaks strongly on his experiences in Australia as a black man, and in listening to his music, it's clear that he's harnessed the power of those experiences and the power of his blackness into his artistry. My music's inspired by my blackness. It all comes from, it stems from like a cultural place. Like uh, I've grown up in a very small, tight-knit community of Africans in Australia. So the influence from the clothes I wear, the, the music I listen to, 
um, the food I eat also. And then that all aligns in my music because my music is just a reflection of me at that present moment. But um, I'd say standing up for, but not standing up in a way where it's like, I'm, I'm here fighting for my blackness and trying to prove a point and be like, yes, this is what I deserve, this, that. It's more like I'm, I'm fighting on a, on a, like a subtle battle, I guess, like a subtle war where it's like, my music is more of uh, my platform to be transparent about my experiences. And then that also helps for the younger generation in Australia, having someone to relate to through the music on in that level. Cause me growing up here in the nineties, uh, there was no African artists at all. So I didn't have anyone to look up to other than looking to the UK or mainly the US, but yeah. I'd say my blackness inspires my music just holistically because that's just who I am. Mm. Because the creative scene in Australia is so young, especially for black Australians, do you feel like you have more creative freedom than you would in, say, the UK, where, you know, there's already kind of a template and decades of groundwork has already been laid down? Yeah, that's a brilliant question. It's so true because we don't have, like, that boundary or that kind of, like, guidelines of, what is supposed to be blackness in Australia. Just like you're saying with like um, our generation is the at the forefront of that. And like, we're the ones setting the pace and making, crossing those boundaries. So it's like, yeah, I think it, it does help. Yeah, in a way of creativity, because it's not like, it's almost limitless. And, and I think right now, Australia obviously doesn't have its own sound. It just imitates the States and the UK predominantly but in having that like it be boundless I do think that it can open the doors for an actual sound of of, of blackness in Australia to to like come forth yeah it would be so sick to see black Australians become like an integral part of the music scene in the same way that black artists in the UK are um what do you think a barrier for black artists because black artists don't get played on commercial radio you know they're kind of always relegated to the community or the alternative radio stations so what do you think the barrier for black artists breaking into the mainstream is in Australia is it an industry thing is it a genre thing what do you think well in my opinion um it's definitely an industry thing it's a at this point um the industry was built by old white men like and it's stayed that way for decades and it's just not it's not reflective you know what i mean the, the the commercial uh uh tier of artists doesn't reflect australia as as a whole and like you're saying that there's there's not a single artist that has crossed over to the mainstream with our skin complexion um the closest in success would be um, Genesis of Owusu, which is like amazing to see. Like even he would ha- have had to cross the, the borders of Australia to really reach his potential and, and see the success that he's having now. So it's like, yeah, you're right. It's, I think it's just, it's definitely mostly an industry thing. And as these dinosaurs die off, <laughs> then change will happen. And I think a lot more, we, we need to be in the buildings, really. Like, that's another thing. We need to be in the buildings. Because I've been making music in Australia for like 15 years. So I've seen so much change happen slightly. But yeah, there's a long way to go, for sure. Mm. 
So my next question is more about the collaborative spaces that exist within the Black Australian music scene. Because you've collabed with some really cold up and coming artists. You've collabed with Maynard Doe, Baby Prince, the list goes on. And they all kind of showcase the versatility that exists within the Black Australian music scene. So do you think that being part of such a young scene has made space for a collaborative community or made collaboration a more kind of organic, natural thing? Yeah, definitely. I think it's more of a... um like just like how you're saying it's, it's such a baby scene it's such a like small like everybody knows everybody type thing but it's also like it does give us the opportunity to to work in a way where it's not um manufactured it's not like uh labels putting us together or managers saying oh you should write with this person it's more like we go to um each other's shows or we go to events um that have to do with with our culture and then we meet up and and we're inspired by each other so we choose to come together and create something which is like it's exciting because it's like on the verge of something great it's just taking a very long time to get Mm. there well more about like you personally as an artist I feel like you're not only a black man making music in Australia, you're also a genre bending black man making music in Australia. You don't necessarily fit into the stereotypical black sound that, you know, like these big record labels would define like urban music as or like hip hop, whatever. So how has the process of defining your own genre been like in an industry that already has quite set ideas of what black music's supposed to sound like? That's a tough one because, um, when it comes to music, it's like people don't know the history, like the backstories of of where a genre comes from or a sound comes from. At the end of the day, everything comes from blackness. It comes from um, different uh, diasporas of of Africans in either the U.S. or the U.K. or anywhere France. Really, it's just like it's um, yeah. I think music music. If, if, if people did their research, it's, it's like rock and roll came from black people, you know what I mean? So it's like me making music in my blackness is just making music because I don't feel like one particular genre is so-called black or so-called white or whatever. I think it's all just a part of vibration and a different way of expressing that vibration. And for me growing up in such a, predominantly Caucasian country, but also having a small, tight-knit African community. I've just been influenced by an array of different people, cultures, ideas, and I just try to put that together in music, like whatever I grew up listening to and I love, I, I put into my music. So I don't think it's, yeah, it's not necessarily like me trying to be like genre bending or also me trying to like, not do what a typical black man is doing but like i'm kind of just trying to show that like we as creatives especially we as as black creatives should feel like a sense of entitlement to 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 create whatever we want because like our ancestors did it before us and they led the way and opened the doors and now it's time for us to do something different but still uh in revenants to like mm. where it all began, I guess. Yeah, that actually 
leads me to my next question. Um, so your music definitely addresses what it's like to be black in Australia. Specifically, your song No Changes, I think, does it the most explicitly, speaking about, you know, being an outcast, waiting for change and it never coming, um, and the kind of trials and tribulations that you face on a daily just being black in Australia. So would you say that music is an outlet for all the shit that you end up having to deal with daily as a dark-skinned black man in Australia? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to ever come off as someone who's like bitter or resentful, but music is a therapy, like as a it's a form of therapy, you know what I mean? For, especially for me. And it's like, even for my fans as well, like the people that gravitate towards me, like they gravitate towards me because of that, because of like my vulnerability, because of the way I express myself, but also from a from a point a standpoint of authority, not like of you know, begging for like, please, like, you know, let me in the door type thing. But yeah, I think my music is definitely a reflection of, of my psyche and emotions and everything I have to deal with living in Australia because I've only lived in Australia. So that's my reality. But then also, um, I do think there's like a responsibility I have to kind of, um, shed light on on what's swept under the rug because Australians think that they're not racist, but it's like one of the most racist countries in the world. It's just very, <laughs> it's just very swept under the rug, very hush-hush racism, like not, not blatant, not in your face at all, which, you know, you can only tolerate for so long. But yeah, I, like, I think I came to terms with it a long time ago, just being a black man and, and really, also, oh, during lockdown, right? During lockdown is when I really tapped into my blackness and like our history, where we really came from, like the history that was rewritten, um, the fact that we created civilizations and we invented all this technology and like, you know, some random white dude put their name on it as like they did it. But it's like, I've embraced my blackness to the point where it's like, I understand why there is racism because it's like, it comes from fear and and that fear is valid. They, they do not to be us against them, but they do have a valid point as to be fearful of melanated pe um, people because we are the originals. We are the creators of style, of, of culture, of music, of um, pop culture, everything. Like everything stems from our blackness. So I just came to a point where through self-realizing and, and tapping into more of my blackness, my ancestry and, and and where I came from that like, it is what it is. Like you can be afraid or you want, like, like I'm gonna continue to shine the way that uh, God put me here to shine. And like, hopefully that inspires other people to do the same. My name is Blessed Samuel. Um, I'm a recording artist, producer. Uh, now I'm a film scorer, which is cool too. <laughs> but yeah, I'm from, uh, originally I'm from Ghana, West Africa. Um, my family moved to Australia when I was one or two. So I've grown up in Australia, different parts of Australia, Melbourne, Canberra, Sydney. I stayed in Perth for a little bit as well. I've got an album coming out, uh, my debut album, actually. It's called Aussie Black Star, which has to do with, you know, being Aussie, but also the Black Stars for um, my heritage, Ghana, which in our flag has the Black Star in the center. And it's just 
featuring all my favorite Black Australian artists and really has to do with being Black in Australia, but like not in a pushy way, more in like in a celebratory way. I look for love and the loss is found. I look for you, but you're not around. My heart beat, but I don't hear a sound. We, we I had so much fun creating this episode. Like I said, music plays a very central role in my life generally anyways, so being able to make this piece and speak to such talented and insightful people was honestly the best. So I want to thank Blessed, I want to thank Chanel, and I want to thank Koji for lending their brains and their wisdom. Adding to that, I want to give every Black artist out there their flowers, because whether you're doing it consciously or not, you're contributing to something that's much bigger than yourself and much bigger than any of us. You're contributing to a legacy, a history, and you're shaping future generations. It's beautiful to live amongst it, so thank you, and I'll see you next time. Race Matters this week. I'm Sharika Hellaludin. Thank you so much to Binta Yard for producing this amazing piece exploring blackness in the music industry and facilitating conversation with artists Koji Radical, Chanel Loren and Blessed. If you want to know more about the series or listen back to the first episode, you can visit fbiradio.com slash race matters. 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 Race matters.